0: Four ah. Hebrews chapter four. we want to begin now for the rest of this year, lay out the Word of God as a road map for us based on what God has already spoken. So this morning, continuing from what God has already been saying to us. And please, I, don't want, to, I want to just encourage you. St- stop missing 10 a.m. prayer times. Stop missing them. I really want to encourage those of you that have not been coming. They are most powerful. On the 22nd, I believe Pastor Mary prayed a prayer. And it touched on the issue of the labels that have been given to some folk about being autistic or this or that. And those of that were here. We prayed about 10 o'clock in the morning. On 11 o'clock service time, a man who has never been here before, yeah. all the way from Honduras, missionary, came and preached a message. And at the end of the message, adjust that issue. You you think it's coincidence. On the 29th, Pastor Shinda prayed a prayer clearly listed for us the benefits of knowing God from Psalms 103. And laid it all out in prayer. And we prayed all of that in. And God sent us a message helping us to understand that everything we prayed have already been given. And it's available to us under grace. So this morning, when I walked in the sanctuary, I heard Pastor knee praying. My wife leaned over to me and said, ah, you missed it. I said, no, 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 no I didn't miss it. I know precisely that everything in my notes is prayed. Why? I I have an expectation. That God is the same yesterday. Today. And forevermore. And so this year, I want to encourage us. Because I know that I know that I know God has secured rest for all of us. So this morning, I'm entitling this message, God's plan for rest. God's plan for rest. I'm going to read a passage. I'm going to redefine the the word rest and then we're going to move on to some new materials. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9 there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. Verse 10, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works, as God did from his. Verse 11, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Now, I I like that verse 11. Notice what it says. It says, let us therefore be diligent diligent to enter that, that rest. So it defines the kind of rest it's talking about. It's not just any rest. It's not just me going to Disney and getting on the rides for four days and five days Uh, or perhaps uh, I go on a nice cruise for seven or 15 days and just chill out. And by the way, some of those uh, pleasures. I've done many of them. And you know what's so funny? After the seven days cruise is over, on the way back home, I'm already tired. <laughs> I need another rest. I need another vacation. So that goes to corroborate the word of God. That's not the kind of rest God is talking about. God is not talking about rest as in physical exhaustion. No. No. That's why it says, enter that, that rest. So what kind of rest is he talking about? We started talking about this a few weeks ago. It is a place, a realm, where you are no longer worried. That is rest. It is a realm, a dimension, where doubt does not factor into your thinking. God said it. It's simple. You believe it. No no matter what else is going on around you. The kind of rest we are talking about. Hey, yellow. It's good to see you. Wave at me. Amen. Praise God. Happy new year. Are you guys laughing? It is a dimension where need does not bug you and just bother you and you just lose your sleep and lose your peace because you have a need. You have you more. This rest is a rest that just says, you know what, no matter what's happening, God is taking care of it. That is where God wants to take every single one of us. A place where no matter what they're saying on Fox News or CNN, Uh Uh-uh. You are not getting your own news from them. Yes, sir. You are already connected to the source and God is the only one speaking about what he wants to do. That's the kind of rest we're talking about. Now, in order for us to understand it, I want to lay it out this morning. And then for the rest of the year, you all we're gonna be unpacking this. It's not a message we can rush, we can't get it in 30 minutes. It's a lifetime message. Amen? Now, so go with me to Genesis chapter 2. God's plan for us. Genesis chapter 2. Ah, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm learning some new things. My thinking is changing. My praying is changing. Yes, there are some prayers that sounds good, sounds correct, but in light of what we are learning, we should never pray them again. Okay, let me give you one real quickly. When the word of God says, I will be with you from now on to the end of the world, when it says in Hebrews, I will never leave nor forsake you, it's already said that. Why is it then we pray? We say, God, let your presence be here. Yes, sir. Wow. That's a challenge. It sounds very sanctimonious, sounds very religious, sounds like the right thing to say. God, I'm seeking your presence. Really? I'm already here. Hmm. Hmm. Hallelujah. You see, when we listen to what we're saying, we know right away that we live under the law. Because if I believe what God said, that he will never leave me nor forsake me, that I will be with you to the end of the ages, why then when I'm praying, I'm asking him to come? So right there, I want you to understand how far away from God we are. In our head, we know certain things, but our heart do not believe them. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if I'm inviting God to come and be with me, and He's already said, "I will be with you, be with you always," it means I don't believe He's there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <sighs> yes. I've not even started. Yeah. Genesis chapter two. Listen, it's not just you guys. It's me inclusive. As I'm learning these things, I'm unlearning some things. Because if we don't unlearn certain things, we cannot learn new things. So you will never hear me pray again and say, God, let your your presence be upon me. No. You will never hear me again pray, God, anoint me. Why would I say that? Do I want him to drown me in the anointing oil? So that we can accuse God of drowning someone. He said you are already anointed. So why am I asking him to do something he has already done? Isn't that stupid? Foolish? Or perhaps unbelieving? No. He's already done it. I need to thank him for what I know he's done. Not ask him to repeat what he has already done. Okay, all right. Genesis, chapter 2. Okay, we can start from chapter 1, verse 31. Genesis, chapter 1, 31. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day, chapter 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it He rested from all this work which God had created and made. Now, I'm starting with this because I want you to understand that unless God rests, you and I cannot rest. The only reason we rest is because He first rests. This is a very important principle. The only reason we can love is because he first loved. The only reason we can give is because he first gave. Are Are you following what I'm saying? Everything begins and ends in God. I'll say that again. Everything begins and finds its ending in God himself. So, God was the first one that demonstrated to us rest. And it is from this demonstration that we take our meaning of what rest is intended to be. Notice what we just read God looked at his creation, it's good. He looked at it and examined everything he has made. Whew, this is good. Gave himself, himself high mouths. And then rested. Was God resting because he was exhausted from creation? Maybe when he was making a coach, it was such a unique creation. Say, so, ah! Oh, <laughs> This man, someone told you I said, it was fearfully and wonderfully made. To make his hair took God a little more time <laughs> and say, <sighs> To create Greg's head like this, I don't say, hey, this is a special design. <laughs> to cre- so maybe God got tired and said, This unique individuals, man, they warm me out. I need to rest. No! We know this is not the case because the Bible said this very clearly. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 28. That the keeper of Israel never wearies. Oh, that's a good place to say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That God, the God that you and I have to do, he never wearies. He never tires. So in order for me to understand this rest that God took, the best way to explain it to you would be to take you to the courtroom. The prosecution and the defense, they argue for days, back and forth and back and forth, present witnesses, left, right, left, right, witnesses of all kinds. And then on this particular day, prosecution crossed all its teeth dot all his eyes, and says to the judge, "Prosecution rests. And then the defense gets a chance to rebut it. And the defense also argues its case, and on that day, at that fateful moment, they said, the defense rests. What both of them are saying is this. We've examined the case. We've proven our case beyond reasonable doubt. We are confident in the case that's been submitted that after the jury goes into deliberation they will come out and agree with our presentation there is nothing else that needs to be added nothing else that is to be taken we rest our case so when god said he rested what he's saying is i've looked at my creation from day one to day number six everything that needs to be done everything that needs to be made everything that needs to be created i jehovah the maker of heaven on earth i have made my creation according to my pleasure and nobody can take anything away or add anything to it i have done it so it shall be so it is done and therefore i rest That is the rest that God is talking about. The ability in him to finish everything he began and take a back seat and say, you know what? It is done. Tsunami may come every day. It will not remove my creation. Tornados may come from anywhere. My creation will remain. No matter what the enemy throw at what I have created, Arrest. I don't have to go back and scratch my head. I say, oh, Muriel needs a meal. Let me go and cook. No, 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 no. From day one, I sat back here, looked in the aeons of the future. And I know exactly what every man, every woman, every boy, every child will ever need. And I put it in place from day one. And I don't have to do it again. Arrest. Think about it. Since that day, God has not need to make new land. He rested. From that day, he has not had to make another mango tree. From that day, he has not had to make another peach tree. He made it once and had the wisdom to place in that one peach tree the seed to reproduce himself. Do you know this, God. Do do you have any idea who this God is? That you and I will sit down here and fret and and say, well, I I, I, I need my car payment in three days. (laughs) If God don't move. What do you mean if God don't move? (laughs) He moved enough to know that mangoes can be produced once, place the seed in it, and replicate for time and eternity. And you're going to tell me your car payment is due in two days and Jehovah is not aware. That's what rest is all about. A work that is finished before it ever began. So, it's important for you and I to understand that we can never enter into any rest if God did not rest. It's important for you to see that my rest and your rest is tied into God's rest. And because God is resting, we can rest. Because he lives, we can live. Because he loves, we can love. Because he gives, we can give. Do you get that? Now, let me give you the formula for God's rest. There's a formula for it. And you young people, you are so smart. You know about the Pythagoras theory. (laughs) And all these complicated equations of which I have no idea what they are. We know all these very complicated formulas, but with God, it's not that complicated. There's a formula for rest. If you just give it to me on the overhead, that formula is grace plus faith equals rest. Is that not simple? If it gets any simpler than that, and then we, I mean, I don't know what it would be. Grace plus faith equals rest. If you are here in the year's eve, I told you that rest is a fruit or a result of something else that preceded. it. So in this case, grace and faith precede rest. In other words, you cannot jump to rest to be secured and have peace if grace is not working in your life. And if you are not reaching out in faith. Grace plus faith equals rest. Now, I'm going to break that down for you for a minute or two, but remember what I said to you. This is a whole year's message. And God has already prepared the message in the hearts of his people. Now, let's go to grace first. Grace plus faith is got to rest. Grace can be defined as unmerited, unend, and undeserved favor. And that does not even scratch the surface. That's just for the purpose of this time. Unmerited, unend, and undeserved favor. If you earn it, if you merit it, If you deserve it, it is not grace. Can I say that again? If you can earn it, if you can merit it, if you can deserve it, it is no longer grace. This is our dilemma. You and I live in a world, in a realm. The Bible says we are in this world, but not of the world. However, the world in which we live in does everything by earning, meriting, and deserving. Oh. Okay. You guys are not following that. Where's my friend? Where's Pierre? Pierre's not here. He disappeared on me. I know it's not raptured. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look at Pastor Charles here. Let me use him as an example. This man my He went to college. It's not just his size. It's not just because of his, uh, his eating too much a lot of food. <laughs> this man spent a long time in college. Am I am I talking? Yes, you are talking. And at the end of his program, because he has earned it, merited it, and deserving of his certificate, when you go to his house, his certificates are plastered on the walls. That he has earned, deserved, and merited. He worked for it. Yes. So when he applies for a job, they want to know, who are you? What are you bringing to the table? All right. Where did you go to school? Right. Did you go to a brick and mortar? Or you went to a paper mill? Yes. That's and they peg your pay according to what you think you are bringing. So we are living in a world that's constantly preaching to us works, merit, what you deserve, and what you can earn. However, the kingdom of God does not operate on that at all. This is the contradiction. On Monday morning, you go to a job that is earning, meriting, deserving, but you are serving God while you are on that job a God that says, everything I do for you is by grace, which means you don't merit it, you don't earn it, you don't deserve it. So we are constantly battling these two principles. It is good to go to school. We need to qualify. So I'm not downing that at all. Kids, go to school, do your homework, pass your exams, and bring a bunch of A's. Because IBM does not understand grace. When you are applying to General Electric and you say, Sir, you just need to know, I, by grace, God has blessed me. Really? <laughs> Give us your CV. What did you do? What was your GPA? What have you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So go to school, learn your work, do well, and be excellent wherever yes. you are. Yes. That is important. So we are constantly wearing two hats. And because of that, it is easy for you and I to forget the grace factor. You spend eight hours with Pharaoh. Who does not understand grace? And you do that every day for 40 years, you are programmed. But God said, wait a minute, I don't operate like that. By grace are you saved through faith. And not of yourselves. It is a gift of God not of works lest any man should boast. It's huge. It is a gift. You don't merit it. You don't deserve it. You have not earned it but I'm going to give you this gift. This is the essence of the good news. It's such a great news it's hard to believe it. So, grace existed before you and I came along. This is good news. It's been around before you were born. And the last thing I want to say to you about grace this morning is that the grace that we receive from God, it's God's part in this equation. Grace plus faith equals rest. The unmerited favor, unearned favor, undeserving favor, the favor that came before you were ever born, yes. these are all God's part in the equation. In other words, you have nothing to do with grace. God supplies all of that grace all of that time. Yes. Period. Has nothing to do with it. You cannot do enough things to earn it. Oh, yes. In fact, it's an insult to God. And you will see as with the message develops. However, grace alone does not produce all of it. Grace alone does not produce the rest. And, and Let me just, when I said that, I, I can hear question mark right away. Let, let me explain what I mean by that. By grace we are saved. Through faith. Now, if grace does it all on its own, everybody will be born again. That grace was given for all mankind from the very beginning. However, all mankind is not saved. Why? Because there is a part that belongs to God and to man that man must exercise. Grace plus faith equals rest. Faith is man's positive response to God's grace. Faith is man's positive response to God's grace. If there was no grace, there would be nothing for faith to respond to. Are are you you hearing what I'm saying? The only reason we are able to respond is because first, God gave his grace. Hebrews 11.1 Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Notice how it starts that verse. Now. Now. Now faith. Which means, because grace has been released before you were ever born, before you got here, before you came along. In order to attain to the rest of God, which is available for you right now, you must exercise a now, a now faith, a present tense now faith. Now faith is. So faith is man's positive response to the grace or to the promises of God. Amen? Therefore, faith is my part. Did you get that? Please say this after me. Say, grace Grace. is God's part. And faith Faith. is my part. That's it. That's it. This is so simple, it's simple. Grace plus faith equals rest. Now, let me explain the dynamics of how this works. And I'm going to show you the three dispensations of rest. Many of us in this room... Have TVs at home, television sets. Some of you have your uh, subscription through cable TV, maybe Comcast or Chatter. Others of you have it through Direct TV. Is that correct? Good. So you have a TV. Maybe 19 inch, 32 inch. Some of you have gone nuclear if it's not 57 inch you can't see it (laughs) so it's on your wall now in the various homes we all know that programming is going on 24 7 I mean the 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 airwaves are filled with programs 24 hours a day is that correct even though I have a TV in my house, if I'm to receive any program, what do I have to do? Well, uh, Pastor Charles is way ahead. He said I need to switch to the channel, but I need to turn it on first. <laughs> <laughs> because if the TV is not on, I'm not switching channels. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> Praise God. Step number one, turn the TV on. When the TV is on, now you have the ability to access any of the channels for which you've paid. Can you imagine you have a TV at home, programming is on 24 7, you never turn the TV on, and you are complaining? This stupid television is not working. I can't see my favorite show. TV, what's wrong with you? You speak in tongues. Would that not be foolishness? Yes. Programming is taking place 24-7. Yes. The one you want to watch, the one you don't want to watch, all of them taking place all the time. But the TV is not on. And then as Pastor Charles said, when you turn it on, you have to access the frequency that the program you want is coming from. That's what happens. That grace of God are the programs that God has loaded us with from time it time past now and to, to the future. All the blessings. When the Bible says in Ephesians 2 8, by grace are you saved. Please understand that what's saved. It's not just talking about going to heaven. Definitely that's part of it. But that word saved is the Greek word sozo. Which means total, complete package. When infinity, Comcast comes to you, they say, we'll give you what? A total package. They say, they give you a bundle. You better ask them to define their bundle. (laughs) So God says, I will give you a total benefit package. And this total benefit package is programmed all day long. Please, I want to help you to understand something here. God is not working for you. He has worked for you. Amen. It's all done. So the programming of God's benefit is going on Twenty-four-seven. So the issue now is me having a faith trans or receiver, a faith receiver to plug into what's already going on and to receive it. That's the dynamics. It's already on. Jesus, oh my God! Hear this, folks. Jesus is not going to heal me, he has healed me. This, this is, You see, I told you it's so simple, we won't believe it. But what I just said, is a statement, I didn't make it, I just read it. Let me just go there quickly, and then I'm going to, because I don't, First Peter chapter 2. It's not going to heal you. Why would he want to do a thing like that? Look at what he said. And this is why what Dr. Northfield told us two weeks ago is critical. You need to know where you are. Because many of us are still claiming Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 did not see the cross. He was looking at it. He was looking for it. Isaiah lived under the law where these things had not become effect. So he looked from this side looking ahead as to what's about to come. But Peter tells us in verse 24 1 Peter 2 who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you are going to be healed oh come on guys read the thinnest only four people brought their bibles to church this is the problem oh my god do you see the problem everybody's high-tech, nobody has Bibles, only three people here, the rest of you guys, what are you reading? Readers <laughs> Digest, Ebony Magazine News, Week Times. You are healed. It's already past tense. It's already happened. This is huge. Huge. So the issue is, the programmings are on, the blessings are already taking place. I need to activate my faith receiver to receive it. Grace plus faith equals rest. You say, well, pastor, suppose it doesn't happen. I suppose I don't. No, 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 no. If nothing happens, this much I can tell you, it's not a grace problem. Never. It's not a grace problem. If I'm going to troubleshoot a problem, don't even factor grace in it. Grace is already done. Settled is done there. If I'm going to troubleshoot why I'm not getting it, I need to start looking at myself. Is something wrong with my receiver yes. equipment? Yes. Yes. Or am I tuning to the wrong channel when I should be in a different channel? Yes. Those are the only possibilities. Okay? Now let's move on. Now let me show you the three dispensations of rest. Three <laughs> dispensations of rest. Number one, at creation. Do remember God has rested and because of him resting, now we can rest. Genesis chapter one, and I can't spend too much time on this now because uh, time is flying. Genesis chapter one, ah, oh. In verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That's not really what I want. Verse 29, verse 29. Genesis 1, verse 29. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you shall be for food. Okay. That's that's enough. I can read more, but that's enough. This is the point. To show you that God planned and factored our rest into his rest. When he created Adam, notice Adam did not come to the house searching for food. When Adam came to the home that God has provided, the trees were in place. Mangoes peaches. Ah, what is it? Collar grains. <laughs> String beans. Adam, look at that. That's watermelon. Yes. That's mango. Correct. That's mango. That's peaches. Correct. I see peaches. And, and just so you know, you see all these animals? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, didn't mean I don't mean you. Guys. Yes. I, I do not mean the congregation. I'm in the Garden of Eden, remember Yes. <laughs> yes. I understand too that. <laughs> These are the donkeys? Yes. They will be your transportation? Yes. Mm-hmm. Lamb? Yeah. Cow? Mm-hmm. Knee will be around, so he likes goat meat. There's goat here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything that man will need was already in place. Right. So the man will not wake up one day and say, I'm searching for something. Nothing to search for. I created you, Adam, to be at rest. Ah. Everything you will ever need—not just you, yes. your children, yes, your great, 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 great. Since that day, ladies and gentlemen, God has not had to add an ounce of oxygen to the yes. earth He created. Amen. Oh. Yes. Right. Go and rest, Adam. Yes. Just help me tend the garden I'm giving you. That's all. Everything that you will need to survive before you thought it, I already went ahead of you and thought it. It's in place for you. That's what we see at creation. It shows us the intent of God to have man to be secured. Do you agree? Yes. That's number one dispensation. Thank you, Mr. Greg. Number two dispensation of God's rest that we see clearly in the scriptures. Old Testament. Oh my God. Man. Go to Numbers chapter 10. This this is too terrible. God help us to appreciate and appropriate what you've already done. Lord, I pray for the eyes of our understanding yes. to be opened and yes. Let the light of your word come. You said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I pray that faith will begin to rise in the hearts of all of us yes. in the name of Jesus. Look at Numbers, Numbers number 10. Verse 33. The context here is Israel had been in Egypt for years and now they are delivered. They are going to their promised land. So was rest only for Adam? No. Was rest only for God? No. Even for this delivered band of slaves, God undertook their issue for rest. Numbers chapter 10, verse 33. So they departed from the mountain of the Lord on a journey of three days, and the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went before them for the three days' journey. Why? For what? To search out Pastor, nee, a resting place for them. And the cloud of the Lord was above them by day when they went out from the camp. So it was, whenever the ark set out, that Moses said, rise up, O Lord. Let your enemies be scattered and let let those who hate you flee before you. And when it rested, he said, return, O Lord, to the many thousands of Israel. Okay, let me just break it down. Let me just break it down very quickly. Folks, we're going to need to start studying our Bibles. Please. Push back on that TV. Stop reading all this stuff that can't help you. Start reading your Bible. Amen. Because I'm spending a lot of time that I really shouldn't be spending in a setting like this to explain things you should have read it up now. But I'm sensing that in my spirit. You need to start becoming the student of the word. If you're going to exercise faith, it only comes through the word of God. Yes. Okay. Here's the context. Israel has been released from Egypt. They are going to their promised land. And we are told that God initiated that he will go ahead of them to search out for them a resting place. They are going on a 40-year journey to a place they've never been. And from the description of what we know of the wilderness, it was a place full of wild beasts, very, very contrary weather elements, So God in his graciousness said, I know that Greg, you don't know the way. And your Google GPS cannot show you where the serpents are along the way. Mm -hmm. Your Google GPS back in the day of Moses cannot predict the weather elements. So because I am the one that delivered you, I am going to take responsibility for your safety. Mm -hmm. So I will go ahead of you three days journey. What am I doing? I'm searching out a suitable camping ground. So that when I stop, you can stop. The signal when I stop is to show you that this place is safe for your camp. Yes. Your children will not be attacked. Right. Lions will not kill you. Yes. Wild beasts will not come against you. Your property will be secured. Yes. Elements in the weather will be fine. Yes. When I rest, you rest. Amen. I will take the initiative to search the lander for you. Sit down, thank you. That's what God did for them. If God did that for Israel, when Jesus had not been given, and from what we know, he said when you get to the promised land, I will give you rest all around you. I don't have time to read it. Read it on your own. Joshua 21, verse 44. Which confirmed that when they finally got to the promised land, God conquered all of their enemies and gave them rest all around them. Security. God did it in Adam. He did it in Israel of old. Are you going to tell me that what God did for Adam and did for Israel, who did not even know how to obey him, did not have the full revelation of who God is, in the Old Testament. Oh, time will not permit me to show you all the scriptures. God said to them in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10, He said, The land that I'm taking you is not like the one you came from. The land where you came from, you pumped water to irrigate your land. You sweat to eat. But where I'm taking you, Is a land that will be watered by rain from heaven. Pharaoh will not determine your water system any longer. Not only that, hear what God said to them. You will inherit houses you did not build. Cities you did not have to construct. That was God's promise for the Old Testament believer. Uh, And as far as we know, when they marched into Canaan... They were not building houses. Why? Houses were already there. God just dispossessed the original owners and gave it to them. Rest. Security. Provision. Abundance. God not only promised it, he delivered. Now, the third dispensation the new covenant. So we saw what God did for Adam. We saw what he did for Israel. (laughs) What is he doing for us? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Please, are you following this? Now, I realize that there may be so much information that you may not be able to comprehend or assimilate everything in one sitting. That's why these tapes are there. Get the tapes. This new year, equip yourself. Hebrews chapter 10. Now, we saw the dispensation at creation. We saw the dispensation of rest in the Old Testament. Israel coming to their promised land. Now look at the New Covenant or the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm going to make some statements now that some of us may find very hard to believe. But I can guarantee you, I will not say anything outside of the context of the scriptures. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifice which can never take away sins. What? Okay, l- 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 let me just read it on because. <laughs> but this man, glory to God. But this man, please say it with me. But this man. Hey, hey, hey. let's say it one more time. But this man. One more time for the Trinity. But this man. Which man is this? Jesus. Hallelujah. Folks, we don't know what we just got through celebrating. Many of us celebrated Macy's. Others of us Dilats. Some of us Nordstrom's. Very few of us understands this man. But it is my honor my privilege this day to introduce you to this man Amen. whom the scripture is contrasting with the Old Testament priesthood. Because remember the Old Testament. We just read it. Hebrews ten eleven; 11. Those priests sacrificed daily. Repeated the same rituals. Day after day after day after day after day after day. After day. Back and forth and back and forth, back, back and forth. I mean, I'm telling you, they, uh, they just about knew how the cow smelled. <laughs> every day. Here's Greg again. Here he comes. Greg is coming again. Hallelujah. And then Greg goes again, and then Stefan comes. Every day, sacrifice. Back and forth and back and forth. Never ending. Not only did they do it every day, the Bible said it never took away sins. So why are you doing it? They did it every day and yet never took away the sins. Because if you took away the sins, they won't have to do it tomorrow. So here I come today for stealing. God, forgive me. I bring my turtle dove, my cow, my lamb. They kill it. Blood shed. I cry. I go back home. I see wind's jewelry. I take it again. So tomorrow, I go back again. God, Yesterday it was Grand Nuts. Today it's a Rolex Watch. I'm, 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 I'm a teeth again. So you kill another lamb. You go back. This time you see Greg's shoe. Ha! Salvatore Ferragamo. You steal it. There is no end to it. But this man, this man, the Bible tells us, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. What did they do? Sat down. Those priests in the Old Testament, they could never sit down. You know what's so funny? The furniture of the Ark of the Covenant in the Most Holy Place had a seat on it. It's called the mercy seat. But they didn't dare sit on it. Because it was a prophetic symbol of the rest that will come only in Jesus. So they walked every day, never sitting. Jesus came, offered one sacrifice, finished the sacrifice and sat down. Yes. Just like his father did in the book of Genesis chapter 2. He sat down confirming what God did in Genesis. is finished. Yes. There is no more sacrifice for sin. There is no more atonement needed everything my people will need for their sins, their prosperity, their peace, their protection, their satisfaction, everything they need. I have done it and I can cross my leg. It is finished. It is done. Done. Now, this is where some of you will have some problems. Let me read it one more time before I make the announcement. But this man, After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Sat down. Notice one sacrifice for sins. And the Bible says, forever. Yes. Which means, Banka Kemola, your sins yesterday forgiven, your sins today forgiven. These sins you have not committed tomorrow. Forgive it. Hey! Somebody said, that's not possible. Why will God forgive a sin that I've not even confessed? You don't understand grace. Listen, I didn't write it. It's in the Bible. He has done it. And the Bible says, it's forever. If you're having problem understanding why it's forgiving sins, that you commit in 2017. Maybe if I explain to you that he has forgiven your sins of yesterday even before you were born. Because remember, he just did not go to the cross in 2013. He went to the cross 2,000 years ago, before you were born. Yes. And on that day, at that cross, two thousand years ago. He took care of your sins before you were born. So you now think you will now do something now for which he has to go back to this drawing board? No. No. This is why it's so simple we have problems receiving it. Because in my head, I'm thinking, I dare you. You offended me. You sinned against me. You fornicated. You committed adultery. You are a drunkard. You are, you are a crackhead. And therefore, by the court system of Bank Akimola, I sentenced you to 17 years in the wilderness. And God is saying, Judge Akimola, you don't understand grace. Yes. Oh, let me say, let me say this. I used to say this. So let, let me just confess my own sin here. I used to say, In fact, very recently about the United States. If America does not repent and if God does not judge America, he has to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. That was my position until about a month ago. Now, my position is if God judges America he must apologize to Jesus. That's deep. You don't understand. In the Old Testament, God judged man and nations for their sins. In the New, God said, Bank, I, I'm not even seeing you the punishment, the wrath for your sins, I've already poured it on my son, Jesus. So, in your stead, he took your punishment. Therefore, I cannot punish you twice. I am a right judge. If God, if man's court system cannot punish a man twice for the same offense, why would God punish me twice for the same offense? In Christ, I was hid when Jesus died. therefore, if I receive it by faith and believe what God has already done, he's already taken care of. Yes. yes. Human court system understand in as as we all thought OJ Simpson was guilty. Yes. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Yes. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. And OJ was trained by Kelvin in one He got in on the study and, and tried the thing. he didn't fit. Yes. And on the basis of that, he was acquitted. Even though the public court opinion said okay. this man did it. Yes. He walked. Why would God judge me twice? Let me tell you something. I know I'm going a little bit young. Let me tell you something here. Hear this if you can take it. God is not angry at man. (laughs) No. You see, this is what makes the gospel the good news. When we understand it from this perspective. The reason we're having a hard time bringing people to God. Who wants the gospel that we've been preaching? The gospel of do's and don'ts. Yes. If you smoke, you go to hell. If you drink, you go to hell. If you do this, now, am I saying God wants you to do that? No. No, 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 no. By the time you understand the rest of this message or messages, you yourself will know that when you fall in love with God, there are certain things nobody will tell you. Let let me use myself as an example. I got born again. I was an owner of a nightclub. I owned it. My wife is here. She's my witness. I had not heard three messages. I had not been in church for three weeks. This is the truth. Nobody told me that bank, you are born again, you don't need to be in the nightclub. Nobody. Nobody preached it. Nobody sang it. Nobody prayed it for me. Something in me, which the Bible under grace said the anointing will teach you. (laughs) Something in me just said to me, Bank, you don't belong there. And in spite of the fact that we had invested money, time, and I had taken a leave of absence from a good paying job for six months. I had invested all of that. In spite of all of that, I walked away without my pastor even knowing that that's what I did. Don't tell me what God cannot do. Nobody said "Bank, if you stay in a nightclub, you go to hell. Nobody had to say it. Listen, we've tried it our way under the law for a while. It didn't work. Why don't we try God's way? Why don't we give God a chance? Why are you nailing yourself back under the law and saying, Well, Pastor, if you really know the sinner did this morning before you came, you, you, you have a sinner? Forget that. Jesus knows what you're doing. I may not know, but he does. And he can get hold of you in more ways than I can ever speak about. God is not angry at man. Read it yourself, Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace and goodwill to man. Yes. Are you going to change the scriptures? Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace and goodwill. What is goodwill, Mister Greg? Yes, just free goodwill. Yes. Do you like goodwill? You don't like goodwill. I like goodwill. Oh, oh answer me then. Yes goodwill, but you and me under the law say, "Ah, no, this guy, he does not deserve goodwill. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. Can we let God be the judge? That's who he is. He's the judge, he's the lawgiver and he's our king. Isaiah 32 verse 8. Let's do it gracefully for a minute. We have a lot of questions, but don't, don't, don't worry yourself about those questions. Just see this man called Jesus. You see, under this New Testament rest, you and I do not get what we deserve. We only get what Jesus paid for. If we believe it. Let me just find a place to close. Go back to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. i I've shown you the three dispensations of rest. In Adam, in the promised land, the new covenant. Jesus paid the price completely. And because he sits, he invites you and I to enter into that rest with him. It's already done. Your healing is taken care of. Your provision is taken care of. Your sins are taken care of. It's all done. It's all in one package. But you only receive them in the manifestation by faith. That's why everybody that's sinning and for which God has died and paid the price is not born again because they've not exercised their faith to receive what He has for them. Yes. That's the difference. Luke chapter 2, verse 48. I'm, a, I'm trying to find a place to land and close. Look at verse 48. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, father and I, I'm sorry, look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Ah, this is the context. Joseph and Mary every year went to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast. Jesus is now 12 years old. Year after year after year they've gone and come back and gone and come back. This time they went. And on their way back, after a full day, they realized that Jesus was missing. So when they found him, they said to him, where have you been? We've been looking all over the place for you. Your father and I, because you are missing, had become anxious. Powerful. What am I getting at? The reason we fret, the reason we're in anxiety, the reason we lose peace, the reason we fear, the reason we doubt, The reason we are stressed out is because Jesus is missing. (laughs) (laughs) Joseph and Mary had no problem as long as Jesus was there. But when he stayed behind and did not tell them and did not know that, they confess that we've been anxious a life without jesus is a life of anxiety so if there's fear in your life if you are afraid if you doubt him don't blame your husband don't blame your wife don't blame your employees it's not your car it's not your bicycle it's not the academics no 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 you are blaming the wrong things locate jesus The way they solved the problem. Now, not, 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 before I get to the solution, don't let's go too fast. Notice they went a whole day without missing him. Many of us have gone days that's turned to months, that's turned to years before we ever know that Jesus is missing our lives. Why? Because our effort. Our own human-made wisdom has carried us so far that we do not even remember that God is missing. A Chinese man came to America years ago. He read the Bible. He said, I want to see this God that Americans really serve. I want to come to a Christian church in the United States and really see the expression of God in America. He went from church to church to church and went back to China. Got to, got, they asked him to share his testimony when he got his home church in China. Ah, you've been to America, come and tell us about the United States. How is the place? These people that bless us, send us money, send us Bibles, literature, tell us God must be moving in America. How is God doing? The man said the most amazing thing for him in America is how the church functions without God. Our churches, including this one, for a long time has functioned apart from God. Oh no, no, I'm not going to blame the church next door. I'm talking about all of us. And that's what we want to change. King Saul went to battle and won victories even though the anointing had lifted. Samson, saying a man endowed with god's power and ability the bible said he wanted to destroy the philistines and he aroused himself but he did not know that the power of god had lifted he didn't know so i'm saying to you you are sitting here you're watching me hearing me maybe on video maybe by cd you are hearing this i'm saying to you check yourself as god departed are you an icabod where the glory of God has lifted and gone? Are you not aware of it? Because Joseph and Mary, when a whole day's journey, you know they were trekking, can you imagine? 24 hours and their little boy was gone and they did not know it. But thank God the story didn't end like that. We must do what they did. If you find yourself in anxiety, fear, distress, doubt, unbelief, Any of those things that still are peace. If that's where you are, we need to do what they did. What did they do? Notice, notice, they did not run to the bookstore and buy the five steps on how to have peace. That's what we'll do today. So I'm in fear. What do I do? I got to get Pastor Dollar's tape or Pastor Bank's tape on how to overcome anger, how to overcome fear. Wrong solution. You are chasing shadows. When you are buying books and tapes on how to overcome this and that, how many things will you buy and overcome? One thing is needful. The Bible said they remembered where they lost him. So you need to think back. When was the last time you had faith? When was the last time you were without fear? When was the last time you were without doubt? When was the last time you were without distress? Go back to where you were. Go back to where you lost your axe head. Go back to where you lost him. And having determined that place, the Bible said they returned to Jerusalem. Isn't that amazing? Jerusalem means what? The house of peace. But they didn't just go to Jerusalem for Jerusalem's sake. No, they did not take a cruise to Jerusalem. They did not go on a uh, tourist agenda to Jerusalem. No, they went to seek him. Him! And until they found him, they had no peace. Until they found him, they had no uh, rest on the in side. So what I'm saying to us is, locate where you lost it. Return back to him him, not eat him. Don't pray God give me peace. Wrong prayer. Don't pray God keep me from fear. No. He's already done all of that. Wrong prayer. Don't pray God keep me away from distress. Wrong prayer. He's already done that. He's already done that. Your prayer should be God. Rekindle my love for this man. For this Jesus. God show him to me afresh. Give me a fresh revelation. Kindle a new fire within me. Give me the heart like David that said this one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek. That's what we need. Jesus is who we need. That's the reason we are calling the 21 day fast. So we can be reintroduced to the person of Jesus Christ. 21 days. January 13th through February the 2nd. Monday through Friday, every night at 7.30 p.m., we're going to come here and just teach through the Gospel of John. Only. One hour. And let's get new dosage. New dosage of the Lord Jesus. And like I encourage you, read the Gospel from a different translation. You saw what Pastor Nees has been doing to us? You saw how he's been messing us up? With this translation, you and I will look and just need message translation. Hmm, that's for, that's for nominal Christians. Message translation. Ah, that's for the Baptist. Well, I'm Baptist today. <laughs> if it's working, I'm Baptist. I don't care what it is. Read. Prepare yourself. Let's get reacquainted with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let him change us. You see, the reason we need rest is because God only builds in time of rest. Your expansion can only come when you are in rest. Yes. He could not build a temple as long as there were walls. That's the reason he built a temple in the time of Solomon. Yes. He had given him rest on every end. Now you are rested, you can focus your energy to building yes. what I want you to do. Amen. Your destiny is at stake. Yes. Your purpose under God is at stake. Yes. Find the rest of God that God has already promised through his grace. Receive it by faith and enter into rest so God can build through you in Jesus' name. So Father, we thank you.